And kind just cool. like back, back to cool. crystals. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking more crystals. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of TMNT Shellcast. I'm your host for today, Chris, joined by my brothers, Andrew. Andrew, how are we today? Doing great. Doing great. And John, on the mend. How are you, John? John is great. He is on the mend, recovering from an illness. I believe that was caught from a little kid. Every time I play golf with someone who has kids, I come home sick. So something's going on there. Wow. I'm not going to try to blame it on little kids, but. Unbelievable that you are blaming it on a little kid, which is a very valid. Kids are very sick and gross. So that's valid. However, you were just in an international island and flew on a plane for like 48 hours over a two week stretch. And you're going to blame a little kid. I know, but do you think it takes a week to, for an illness to incubate and then attack? I think Maybe if you have a strong thing. immune system, it does. If you have a weak one, it doesn't. I don't know. Do you have a strong immune system? And I, I guess I was. A lot of rain were getting up here in the East Coast. And I, was, I was basically out in the pouring rain for like 45 minutes. So maybe that was part of it too. But I'm also, for the record, I'm not golfing with little kids. I'm golfing with the father of a little kid who I assume has the germs of the little kids. So. Yeah. Well, you were golfing with little kids a month ago. That's true. And you got hold in one. <laughs> I did get a hole in, my, in one. So John's did. a lifestyle, catching up with him. He is flying first class to Bora Bora and golfing, <laughs> and he gets sick. So what are you going to do? But on today's episode, we are going to be recapping season three, episode 11, entitled April's Fool. And I got to say off the bat that this episode far exceeded what my expectations were. So I'm excited to dive into it. But first, John has some pizza to eat. So last week, John spun the pizza wheel. John, what did you land on? I landed on garlic. Very simple. One ingredient sounded like he might say a little bit more there, but uh, <laughs> why don't you show so, us what you've prepared? Let's talk about garlic, John. Yeah. So, John, I, I actually, I just wanted to let the listening audience know that is a uh, quite the home chef, <laughs> as he's showing the Domino's garlic flavored. Yeah. Sauce. So, I actually hear. Yeah, we, there was a lot of time. Yeah, like little Domino's. It's old. <laughs> is it burnt? Some might say it is. Yeah. John, get the crust up there. Let's burnt. see the full. Yeah, you're hiding the crust. Yeah. I was going to say that looks Charred. like a crisp. Oh, wow. Actually, no. That it's, looks worse than Chris's. Looks like the surface of the moon is what it looks like. Yeah. That's the piece that fell in the back of the toaster oven and it took forever to get out. That's why it's burnt. Yeah. Well, Did you reheat it, it or is that how it came? No, I, I re Chris, you think Domino's would char it that much? Yeah, I, I do, did reheat actually. it. So he, that was, here's a little tale. 
it's Sunday. I'm in, I'm not feeling a hundred percent. Um, I got a little scratch in my throat, but I thought, you know, I think it's time to roast a whole goddamn chicken. So I buy a whole chicken and you know what? I, I'm a master at roasting chicken right now. You, you chop up some red onions, you cut a couple cloves, of, you cut a couple heads of garlic in half, put it in a cast iron, throw a chicken on there, roast it in the oven, man, roasted garlic. That shit is good. And so I'm eating the onions and the garlic. And I'm like, man, this would be good on pizza. But then I recall Andrew ordering Domino's and having the garlic sauce. And I was like, damn, that garlic sauce looked good. And we did talk a lot about how we could, I could just do that for my pizza. So that's what I ended up doing. I ordered Domino's. I got the garlic sauce. This is, I ordered this on Sunday. It's now Thursday. So this is old pizza. And I couldn't help but notice that there's some pepperoni on the pizza, which (laughs) the purist in me has a little bit of a problem with, if I'm being honest. So Johnny Rulebender. Johnny Rulebender. So here so one, here was my thought of uh, first of all, I'm honestly not sure (laughs) what you're talking about. He's got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I don't know what you're talking about, where that pepperoni is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where is Why it? are you holding it like you're playing Texas Hold'em? <laughs> <laughs> like a tech deck. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> so, anyways, I got the garlic sauce. I do have to say, I just kind of ate dinner, so I'm a little full, so I, th- I don't think this pizza is going to get its full rating. But I'm pouring the garlic sauce on. Fucking the integrity of the pizza wheel for John. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, five day old pizza that looks like you sneezed on it. This is you're gonna throw up. Oof. Here we go. Is this cold? I don't. I don't is know what the fuck is gonna happen right now. It's just no, room, room, room temp. Room no. temp. Yeah. Has it, temp. Here we go. One bite. Everyone knows rule. That's not good. Excuse me, the chills just thinking about 40 old burnt mm. Domino's pizza. That big, uh, watery. big month for Domino's. They got back to back featured pizzas on TMNT Shellcast. Shout out Domino's. <clears throat> yeah, shout out to Domino's. One more bite. I honestly have to say, visually, that was the most disgusting pizza I've seen on the wheel this far. <laughs> Including like Andrew's, what did Andrew? What was the one you had? Like blue cheese and oh, sardines or whatever. That was disgusting. It was blue cheese and tuna, tuna fish. Oh, gross. I'm gonna give that six point five, six dollars fifty cents for that. It actually, the garlic sauce is very buttery, um, crispy, buttery, crispy crust. It's garlic flavored sauce. With artificial flavors, so no garlic. Very garlicky. The pizza, I I actually enjoyed Domino's. That one wasn't too bad. But if I had more time, and if I, you know, I guess if I had more time, I would have roasted some garlic and done it upright. But it was Domino's, and they ordered it. So six dollars fifty cents. That's what I'm going with. Respectable. Would it have been better if it were fresh? How much higher do you think you would have scored? No. 
I don't. It's not the freshness wow. of the pizza or the sauce. I think it's just. Yeah, I don't know. It was very saucy. It was like dripping yeah. boogers off, and I'm just getting over yeah. being sick. So that's what it is. Well, we appreciate general, that going through. In general, though, what's your take on garlic, John and Chris? You buying or selling? I buy. fucking love strong garlic. buy. Yeah, yeah. Can't like get double, enough garlic, salt, like garlic, minimum. Garlic. Yeah, minimum tablespoon garlic. Just any any dish that calls for garlic, tablespoon at least. Yeah, agreed. Garlic yep. is great. Yeah, I'm garlic. Yeah. So, sorry if you see me turning around. It's Hubert's shuffling around. It's making me nervous. Um. Okay. Thank you, John, for that food review. Yeah. Is there anything anybody would like to dive into before we get into the episode? Yes. Absolutely. I'm Andrew. Just, I, my, nope, John, I'm cutting episode. you off, John. <laughs> Andrew. Andrew goes first. Wow. I am running this yeah. show. Wow. Well, I got a whole I hope got a whole list of thoughts, actually. Some great things. Uh, I don't know if I should sprinkle them in throughout the episode or just unload them now or do a little first and last, but um, the first thing I want to say, I saved this from a text, but I was at the bottom of a cheese it bag. Um, you know, where there's like maybe less than a dozen Cheez-Its and then all the crumbly broken shards. That's got to be a top 10 thing on my, like top 10 An- Andrew things. Favorite things. What kind of what Cheez-Its are we Easy. talking? White cheddar? Just regular Cheez-Its played straight up like original. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you need. Great. So um, then the other thing I was thinking of too was I was at a party this weekend and we were watching the host open presents as adults. Weird. It's weird. Sucks as a kid. As an adult, it's creepy. Yeah. So kind of party was this. Um I don't know. I don't know who our listener base is, so I'm just gonna leave it generic. It's a they call them Tupperware parties, John. Hmm? I don't know what that means. It's a euphemism for sex toy parties. Oh, what? it was a joke. Or like, a joke. What, what were the Soma orgies in, uh, was it 1984 or Big Brother? <laughs> oh, I didn't, I never finished that book, 1984. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, what book. were those? Yeah, it was state prescribed drug, which was Soma. And then they always had fucking orgies or something. And that was written in what, like the 30s? That was a wild, that was a wild read, wild read. Anyway, great episode. I what I want to say about this episode, and then I'll hand it over to John. The there's a few episodes that I recall from my childhood, and this, believe it or not, is is the first one. When I started rewatching this last summer, this was the first episode I was like, "Holy shit, this is familiar." And I'll save the details for when we get to the part that really still resonates in my mind, but. Um, Bravo to the writer of April Fool because this one stuck with me for thirty some odd years. So thank you, hmm. Bravo. 
Yeah, I was going to say uh, the animation style in this one was weird. It was different. So it was un- a little bit unfamiliar. It felt a lot more like cartoonish. Like yes. Over exaggerated expressions. Yeah. Like Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner esque. Yeah. yeah. What a weird eye, eye drawing mm-hmm. going on. And I think yep. I couldn't remember. I rewatched it a couple times this week and it felt like the end, the outro. It was like a different animation studio or something. I didn't check. I probably should have, but something seemed different in the outro. Hmm. So regardless, let's dig into the episode. So we start the episode. April is doing some actual reporting for once. Not any of these little made up stories. This is a real news story. She's standing in front of an embassy and she's reporting that the city is welcoming Emperor Alistair, the ruler of Malkyria, and his daughter, Princess Mallory. And they're announcing the sale of mining rights to a newly discovered tract of what's called Lydium 90 in their country. And what is Lydium 90? Well, we find out right away because as the cartoon shows a glowing gemstone that looks similar to a diamond, we learn that Lydium 90 is harder than diamond, more beautiful than gold, and the most valuable element on Earth. So a lot to pack into the first five or six seconds of this episode. So what was that um, in biology? It's at the Mohs scale. That's like the harder. Yeah, like other harder things can scratch other things. Is that what that is? I I know what you're talking about. I'm not sure what it's called, but absolutely. That's a shout out. Tantasqua Junior High. Yeah. yeah. Just scratching rocks together and which one's harder. Hell yeah. What was the softest? Do you remember? It's like talc or something. Yeah. Yep. Something like that. Chalk. Like whatever is in yeah, chalk. I was going to say I think chalk. Yeah. Um, my thought when this opened, this whole Lydium 90, this is 1000% a ripoff of Vibranium or Vibranium from Marvel and Black Panther and Wakanda or, um, or is it Adamantium for, from Wolverine? Yeah. Right? Like Lydium 90. It's. 100% a ripoff of those. So, And Kinda just cool. like back, back to cool. crystals. Here we go. Yep. Yeah. Fucking more crystals. So April finishes her news report and Irma kind of wanders over and she's like, man, April, I thought like we're only supposed to report good news on Channel 6 because this news is making me sad because gold and diamonds remind me of engagement rings and I don't have one of those and I don't have a boyfriend, and this just my life kind of sucks. And April, good friend April, is like, ah, Irma, I can't really deal with this right now. I have a party I have to attend at the embassy, so I got to go to that. And Irma's like, well, hold on. You can't go dressed in your reporter outfit. Like, this is a fancy party. You need to get a fancy outfit so you can find yourself a fancy boy because everyone knows that's how you fall in love. So off they go for April to get a makeover. Which, why would April ever take dating advice from Irma? 
ever. Like she's constantly striking out with men or whatever, or not meeting men. And somehow she's now trying to convince April to follow her lead and take her advice. So I feel like this is not going to end well. Um, but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. April just totally brushing off Irma's concerns and being like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I got a party to go to just also made me laugh. It's like, like why, why even bring up that storyline just to dump on Irma? Yeah, and again, it's just shitty friend April just only thinking about herself. So, meanwhile, at the Technodrome, things are not going well. So, the cooling system that Krang has kind of cobbled together is failing. Shredder is rip shit. He's got Bebop and Rocksteady fanning him to cool him off. He says another capacitor has gone down, and it's, quote, hotter than Japanese horseradish inside the Technodrome. They need more power. He's screaming it. We need more power. Krang, calm Krang. He's like, I got a solution. He's watching Channel 6, his favorite nighttime programming. He sees the Widium 90 on the screen that April's reporting about. And he says, listen, that little piece, which is like the size of maybe a softball, has enough power that it could get the Technodrome powered up and out of the Earth's core. So we got to get us some of that stuff. And Shredder, ever-doubting Shredder, says, listen, if this stuff is so powerful, how are we going to get it? Clearly, it's going to be guarded. It's going to be protected. There's no way we're going to get a hold of it. And Krang says, I'll figure out a plan because I always figure out a plan. So just leave this one to me. Yeah, Krang is clearly the leader here. I just, he's freaking coming up with things, what needs to get done. Shredder's just kind of stomping around doing some crazy like walks. Yeah. Like hands in the air. It's just like Krang is, he is deservedly number one right now. Yeah. Agreed. Also, um, so I have the same note here, new animation style, but Shredder's face mask is very white, like way more white than he normally is. Mm -hmm. So that's also throwing me off too, because it is a weird, different animation style he's colored a little bit or shaded differently and then he's be, you know he's kind of just being a little bitch so he seems yeah. more muscular was i don't know if it was just me he seems yeah he put on jacked. yeah he, maybe it's his winter oh i see i thought he looked a little just husky in general like oh. maybe just like winter you know winter weight or freshman 15 or something so bulking season yeah bulk you know and i will say i do have an appreciation because i lost power over the weekend and it's been, we've been getting our faces El Nino'd off up here in the Northeast. It's been hot and humid. So it's not great to be sitting and just sweating in your house. So the, the anger is warranted on Shredder's part. But we cut from the Technodrome. Now we're, we're in the turtle layer. So we're kind of getting a merry-go-round of checking in on everybody at the start of the episode. The turtles are sitting with Splinter in... I guess what I'll call the dining room. They're just kind of sitting around in a circle on the floor eating. Splinter loves his sushi. He offers Mikey some tekamaki, which is raw tuna roll. And Mikey is absolutely disgusted. He's like, no way. That is gross. I'm going to pass. And Splinter gives a little Splinter saying. 
and says, a wise person experiences as many new things as possible. So in the spirit of experiencing new things, Leo offers Splinter a slice of pepperoni and marshmallow pizza. And Splinter immediately says, well, a wise person always knows that some experiences aren't worth having. So he turns it down and says no to the pizza. We will now pause. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. I was just going to say not surprising because, as we know, Splinter's not a fan of pizza, so I definitely don't see him being a fan of marshmallow and pepperoni, personally. So, And we know, of course, that Splinter loves sushi, and we had two quick sushi references at the start of this episode. We get a Japanese horseradish reference. We get a Tekamaki reference. So we're going to pause for our first segment, Turtle Tech Sushi Edition. So we're going to change up Turtle Tech a little bit. Let's you go. You two are going to be working against each other. Mm. All right. I, I will like be naming. You were here. I'm going to name the ingredients of some popular sushi rolls. You will need to tell me the name of the roll. Ooh, all right. You're each going to get three. We're going to alternate. I like it. I like it. I'll let you guys decide who wants to go first, but they're all going to be somewhere. You'll each get one easy one, one kind of hard one, and one harder one. So I'll, I'll let you figure out who wants to go first, and then we can kick off Turtle Tech. Do uh, age before beauty. Okay. Andrew, number one. The ingredients are salmon, avocado, and cream cheese. What role typically is comprised of those three ingredients? Do I get a steal if he doesn't get it? No, there are no steals. Philadelphia roll, Philly roll. That is correct. The Philadelphia roll. Andrew's one for one. Not a bad roll. Not my favorite, but uh, definitely... Something I will eat if it's like on a platter, you know, or part yeah. of, you know, somebody else's order that they're like, hey, do you want the rest of these rolls? Sure. Yeah. And I will say these aren't necessarily in order, so it's not like you're going to get the easy one first. Okay. So, John, your first roll. The ingredients are shrimp tempura, yellowtail tuna, avocado, and spicy mayonnaise. Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna say a shrimp <laughs> shrimp tempura roll, because <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like that's all I got. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> yeah, we'll do steals, Andrew. Do you want to try and steal? Yeah, sure. I'll try. Um, I'll call it a dynamite roll. That is correct. Let's go. Dynamite roll. John, this is tough for John. Andrew's a sushi yeah, machine. Wow. Okay. Oh, man, I didn't think I didn't think that was it, but Andrew's up two to nothing. Andrew, you're second. Okay. The ingredients are eel, crab, cucumber, and eel sauce. Um this is a Can you read it one more time? 
Yes. Eel, crab, cucumber, and eel sauce. I don't think this is it, but I'm going to go caterpillar roll. That is incorrect. Yeah. John, would you like to try and steal? Uh, I don't have it. I was in uni, uni maki. I don't know. No, that is incorrect. <laughs> the correct answer is a dragon roll. Dragon uh, roll. Yeah, dragon. Hmm. Interesting. John, your next one. The ingredients are eel, cucumber, and avocado. Caterpillar. That is correct. Roll. You, Andrew fucker. may have I given John that answer. Well, no, Did the you know avocado. That? Yeah, because the avocado is like on top. Yeah, it's, not in it's the on the outside. Usually, so. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So we're currently two to one. Andrew's in the lead. Need Andrew, here. If I don't steal you this, put it away. No, John, it's you. Isn't this John? No, no, no just John just got me. caterpillar roll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, Andrew, you can put it away if you can get this. This is your final one. All right. The ingredients are soft shell crab tempura. Yep. Just stop right there. Cucumber. Stop. No, go ahead. Continue. No, oh, hold on. <laughs> this is you did the family feud. Yeah. John, do you want oh, yeah, me to give yeah, the no. rest of the ingredients? No, no, no. It's it's cool. Uh, I'm gonna go with get it anyways. Uh, a spider roll. That is correct. Yep. Andrew Thank gets you. it. Thank That's you. the win, John. Hats off. Just for competition's sake. I'm just going to guess right now. Spicy tuna. No. The ingredients. Crab or imitation crab. California. Yep. Cucumber. Yeah. Yep. Yep. California. All right. Three to two. Andrew takes the win. Ugh, Poopy God. Goldberger for the block and the win. Andrew wins Turtle Tech Sushi Edition. Well done. John, that was again. That was odds were stacked against you there. I'll be honest. I see. I I do. I love sushi. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I like all sushi. I don't see color when I when I'm picking sushi. So I just get whatever. I don't know what's in it. I just know that I like everything. Yeah. Like I yeah. Isn't it? If I'm isn't being, it? Cr- I I thought a dragon roll was just like it could be anything. It's whatever the restaurant wanted it to be. I didn't. There know are some that are like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I. Th- that's the crazy thing about sushi is it's in that class of foods that it's all good. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It's it's kind of like pizza. Like it's all good pizza. You know, it's just different shades of great. And I feel like sushi is the same way. It's like you're never, ever like oh I only eat these things and that's it. You know, it's like you either eat it or you don't. So, and there's so many that are just off. so similar. Like one has sauce, the other one doesn't. It's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to, I have to shout out to the sole proprietor in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, they were my introduction to sushi. A lot of uh, folks, I would say, because we went to WPI. Shout out WPI, Worcester Polytechnic Institute, uh, where Chris and I attended. It was right there on campus and they had happy hour after 10, I think, or nine. What was it, Chris? Uh, I think it was after 11. 11? 11, 11, like 1 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was $5 sushi rolls. And these were not, these were like probably now they could charge like $25 or 20 bucks at least for these rolls. 
and we were getting them for five dollars. So I would spend ten dollars and have nothing to lose. And that's exactly how I got into eating sushi in the first place. So I got to shout out to them for sure. Shout out sushi summer. Yeah. Would either of you care to sing the WPI fight song for us or for our listeners? Andrew, you don't want to do it? I decline. I decline. I'll I'll do it. I think I'll forget a line, but E to the X, DY, DX, E to the X, DX, cosine, secant, tangent, sine, 3.14159, EI, radical pi, fight em, fight em, WPI. Wow. Shout out, Compi. Yeah. All right. Back to the episode. <laughs> it's enough school pride. Uh, the turtles are eating pizza. Sporters eating his sushi. And in walks sexy April. I don't know how else to describe it. She's all dolled up. She's got a golden dress on. Her hair's all done up. She's looking good. And the turtles are horny because they're all complimenting her. Wow, you look great. Can't believe how good you look. Splinter pops up. You warm this old rat's soul. They're just tripping over <laughs> themselves trying to compliment her. And she says, thanks, guys. That's actually really nice of you. I'm off to this fancy party. And she just turns around and leaves, which is kind of like, why even come down there in the first place? But as she's walking out, the turtles get even hornier. And they're like, well, well we should probably keep an eye on her, maybe two. And they kind of trip over themselves going out of the sewer to fall April to this party. Yeah, I, I a couple of things here. One, why did April go to the sewer at all? Just to flaunt how she's yeah. maybe she's just feeling so good about herself. She's like, I need to show off, which is fine. You know, confidence is key. Two, I was on my rewatch of this episode. Why? on earth does april's original outfit have so many goddamn pockets on it it's the yellow jumpsuit with so many fucking pockets what is she keeping in those pockets tater tots is she the precursor to napoleon dynamite <laughs> we don't know oh uh, man know. april has left to go to <clears throat> the embassy for this party and we flash over to the embassy and what's going on there well, Emperor Alistair is in a little bit of an argument with Princess Mallory. So she's in her, her bedroom. He, uh, she's saying, listen, I'm tired of being babied and watched over. I'm sick of it. And he's saying, listen, you're a princess, and that's how the cookie crumbles, okay? Someone's got to watch you and make sure you're all right. And he hands her a dress and says, get ready for the masquerade. Put this princess dress on. And... As he does that, we kind of get a look at Princess Mallory, and we see that she looks almost identical to April. So they're very similar red hair, especially dolled up April. They've got a very similar look going on, which is a little bit of foreshadowing. I I do have to say about April's look, um, and I don't. I feel ashamed. I don't know what her hairstyle is called when I'm married to a cosmetologist. So, um, but I'm going to call it a perm. And it's not a perm. Definitely not a perm. I mean, it's a perm like, is like little <laughs> curls. No perm is like straightening, isn't it? 
No, the opposite actually. A perm is is a chemical that you Straight, add to the process that is makes it wavy or curl. Oh, I'm thinking of a jerry curl. That's what I'm thinking. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely not that. Right. Anyway, yeah. ignore it. Bo- it kind of <laughs> kind of like a bob side bangs. Anyway, the point being, the sh- the hairdo is one of two things I vividly remember. Like when this when I saw April's look and then immediately in the next scene Princess Mallory's same look. That was I don't know what it is about it but it like triggered in my mind and maybe it's cuz it's the only time April's hair is ever different. I'm not sure, but vividly remember straight hair Ooh. April. Vividly. The Malacurian is that the country? Malacuria? Yep, Malacuria. One, your embassy is way too fancy. And two, why is your embassy in New York and not in D.C. with all the other embassies of the country? What the hell is going on there? There's embassies in New York, isn't there? I don't think so. I mean, I think most embassies are in <sighs> D.C. because it's basically like that it's, little plot of land is yeah. owned by the other country. It's like sovereign land for yeah. that country. Isn't the UN in New York, though? I know they're not the same, obviously. Yeah, the UN building, but I, I'm, I don't know if there's a lot of embassies just hanging around. Certainly not like a random-ass country like Malacuria. Like, why would you... Anyways, the point was, that fucking embassy, it's like seven stories tall, elevators, gargoyles on the fucking corners. It's crazy. This says and, there are more than 100 mm. foreign consulates and embassies in New York City. Yeah. Suck it, John. I so knew it. So fucking... Hey, how many countries are there in general? 380-something, I yeah. think. So almost a quarter of them are in New York. Assuming everyone has an embassy. Who knows? Maybe yeah. more. But outside of this fancy-ass embassy... April is attempting to enter the party and she's like, oh shit, this is a costume party. I'm not in costume. I got to go home and change. And she turns around to leave and she stopped by some of the Malakirian embassy guards who confuse her as Princess Mallory. Andrew, what happened? Yo, yo. There he is. He's back. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep. We got trip to Fucking video is crisp, too. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I got... Here's what I have to say. I got a new webcam. Because you want to know why? Uh, Two things I have to mention. Number one, I got a new webcam. So shout out to Logitech. Fucking huge... That's what I have. One. What? I have a Logitech camera. Mine's not great. Probably bought a shitty one. Chris, they make hundreds of different fucking products, (laughs) which is number one, annoying. But number two, um, the thing that when I think Logitech, I think John and the mouse, like John's mouse for his computers have always been Logitech. He also had Logitech speakers, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, whatever that freaking model is, too. You've had that model, like, forever. It's got yeah. the little thumb indent on the, yeah. yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I fucking the knew it. Cl- or the thumb click, even. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. And then number two, I got 
because my ring light went out last week and my lighting looked like shit. So sorry to everyone on the YouTube. My whole setup last week was suboptimal. And then with John's shitty internet service, like it was a very poor YouTube experience. Um, <laughs> I think in my mind anyway, at least when yeah. I was editing it. So uh, <clears throat> with the longer than expected delay in recording this week, I had the opportunity to plug these babies in and just break them out like cold turkey. No, no, no rehearsal. I just plugged them in and, it, and they work. So shout out wow. Logitech. Also shout out to, I didn't mention the brand, but the new, I didn't get a ring light. I actually invested in a loom cube. Um, oh yeah. Number one. <laughs> a lot of shout outs going out. Yeah. Just dropping <laughs> shout outs. Cause number one, I am leaving shout outs to their own section in the show notes description. So when you go oh, yeah. into, um, you know, I'm, I've mentioned this a few times. I am very proud of my work in the show notes. And I don't think I've ever explained this. So Chris, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a minute to describe the show notes. Yeah. The floor is yours. I was sleeping on the show notes until recently. Yeah. So yeah, take away. So if you go to the show notes, what you can do is you can read a brief uh, GP chat GPT generated recap of the episode so number one that's fucking cool we have we have computers working for us now yes yeah we're employing yeah we're contributing to the you know the detriment of mankind by training our bots to know the episodes so well that they can recite them in three sentences um so i'm embracing that um but i'm definitely embracing this because this panel pro is it was like 99 bucks. So a little spendy for a LED, but great. Just looking great. Yeah. So, the light of God on you. Yeah. Yeah. Making me look, uh, maybe a little I too bright. To more with the fancy. Yeah. yeah. Well, so anyway, uh, I shout out to John because he's the reason I was like, I got to upgrade my shit, especially when I got my, my Lenovo laptop back, which, I don't want to Shit. shout out to Lenovo. No. They, <laughs> fucking, they fucking suck. But shout out Lenovo for um, being so shitty. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as we were saying, April shows up to the party, realizes this is a costume party. She goes to leave the change. The Malakurian embassy guards catch her as she's leaving and say, Princess, uh, what are you doing? You got to get back inside, get your costume on. And they guide her inside, and she doesn't say no. She's like, all right, yeah, sure, sounds good. So she's walking inside, and we hear a rumbling and a grumbling from underground. In the and Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady are fucking barreling in a transport module toward the surface of the Earth. Shredder in the driver's seat, Bebop and Rocksteady riding passenger, and they're talking about how great the plan is. This plan, almost Trump-esque. What a great plan. This is an awesome plan. And Bebop and Rocksteady. And then Rocksteady's <laughs> like, actually, what is the plan again? I'm confused. And Shredder says, uh, the plan, you idiots, is we're going to kidnap Princess Mallory. And then we're going to ransom her for the Lydium 90. So I am going to assume this is Crane's plan that he formulated, which he's given to Shredder to execute. But we kind of get the, it, within the first few scenes here, we get 
the entire plot of the episode. Wedding 90, super powerful. How are they going to get it? They're going to kidnap the princess and ransom her. Actually, now that I think about this, not such a great plan by Crane. Why would you draw more attention by kidnapping and ransoming than just like trying to get the lit, the whatever it is, the diamond ripoff itself? Well, John, you clearly have not been listening because if you were, you would have noticed that Shredder said this stuff is extremely well protected. So to go straight for the Whittium 90, they know they can't do. How do you get it? You ransom somebody. I don't know. I don't know. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, oh, oh, yeah. April just like, oh, they think um princess like let me just roll with it that is would never be a good idea in any like would you ever do that if you were ever in that situation where like oh prince henry and then they just grab you chris and we're like let's go would you just be like okay sure i, I would say I, no i don't think but, so i mean this is new april now different april maybe she's just like it's like that movie yeah. with jim carrey where he just says yes to everything maybe it's that kind of situation i don't know Bebop and Rocksteady, Shredder, they're zipping toward the surface. Shredder gives them the plan, and then he says, if you if you two buffoons have steered this thing right, we're going to pop up right into the basement of the embassy. And they come also flying just, up. Also, <laughs> just, how about the fucking exit sign in the transport module? That's just yeah. hanging over the door like... Do you really not know where the exit is on that thing? There's like three rows. Like there's one way in and out. But hey, safety precautions. <laughs> way to go. It's a code. Crane's <laughs> all about code. All right. You need yeah. the exit sign. I like and that. I, will, I, mean, I just I, I will say this module, one of the compact versions, because previous episodes, there's a lot of room to spread around. They are like nut to butt, just on top of each other in this thing, screaming toward the surface. So <laughs> they took. I don't know what their what model this is, but clearly one of the smaller ones, <laughs> like the uh, yeah, like the compact or the sport. What do they call them now? Like the Bronco Sport. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. sport. It's the sport yeah. edition. But um, uh, I did want to say the transport module. I like how elaborate the interior has become as well. Like even though it is compact, like these little Easter egg features, whether they're like door frames or same with the turtle van. We're now starting to see a little bit more elaborate um, and focus like we saw with the layer transition earlier this season into a consistent kind of landscape. So that's cool. So they're cranking. They want to come up in the basement of the embassy and they pop through the surface and they're they're just outside the building, which I love that this has become like a, a common trope now where every time they're transport moduling, they're coming up like just to the left of where they actually want to be. So they Plenty pop out later in this episode too. Yeah, the door kicks open out. They kind of come and a tree just falls on top of them, knocks them down and Shredder gets up. He's upset. He's like, what the hell are we doing outside? We're supposed to be inside you idiots. And as he's kind of scolding Bebop and Rocksteady, they're spotted by a couple, another couple of Malakirian embassy guards. So these fucking guards are everywhere. So they spot Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady. They kind of call out, and Shredder's like, oh shit, hide the transport module. 
Bebop and Rocksteady just <laughs> shove it, manually shove it back down the tunnel into the earth. And the guards come over and they're like, hey, uh, are you guys here for the costume party? And Shredder's like, yeah, of course we are. And they're like, okay, come right this way. We'll escort you inside. And they start to stroll into the embassy, into the party. Now the turtles. And lo and behold, the fucking peeping Tom turtles from the other. Yeah. They're just <laughs> the top of the other building. Yeah. <laughs> Literally <laughs> just bino- binox on. <laughs> the, cool binoculars. It's like a rangefinder and binoculars. There, I can only assume, I think it was like 325, either, I'm assuming feet, probably not yards, I don't know. But they're across the street, just zeroed in. They see Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shredder, and they're like, oh, something's up. We know that's what weren't they looking for, but that's what they saw. So they're like, we got to get down there, figure out what's going on. Out come the turtle grappling hooks, which we've seen in a couple episodes now. They latch onto the gargoyles on the top of the embassy building and swing down from the rooftop to get a closer look at what's going on. Yeah. Fucking definitely shout out to Gargoyles. Yeah. I seem to remember a video game, a Gargoyle video game. Does it ring a bell to you guys? Yeah. Cartoon, Um, I remember. And I had the lunchbox. Yeah, there was a definitely the cartoon, which was at one period in our life, the like early morning before school, I think. Yep. One of those like shows, maybe it was Disney, but there also was a Sega, I think, video game. And I don't know if it was the same Gargoyles brand, but it was that same concept, I guess. Oh, hell yeah. So yeah. the show, shout out Brooklyn, my favorite of the Gargoyles. What? They were all named after New York boroughs or something like that. But anyway. I, I definitely don't remember any of them, but. He was the coolest one, obviously. So. The turtles, they swing down to see what's going on. And then we cut back to Princess Mallory in her bedroom. And she's just still ranting and raving about having to get dressed up for this party. She's tired of dressing up as a princess for a costume party. And she's like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm climbing out the window to go see the city and live life a little bit. So she opens the window and sneaks out. As she's doing this, basically right at the same time, April is being escorted by the guards to the princess's bedroom. So Mallory's sneaking out the window. April was kind of pushed in by the guards and they say, go get changed into your costume for the party. And she walks in the princess costume that was left is on the chair. And she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go with this because maybe I'll get a cool story, a new story out of it. So she gets dressed up. She puts on the princess outfit and as she's dressing, shell phone rings. It's the turtles. And she's like, Jesus Christ, of all the times these guys got to call me, why are they calling me now? And on the other end, the turtles are just hiding in some bushes now. So the peeping Tom continues. They've gone from a rooftop to some bushes. And they're <laughs> warning her. They're like, April, we just saw Shredder and his goons go into this building. You got to be careful because they're in there. Who knows what they're up to? We're just warning you. And she's not concerned. She's saying, listen, guys, I am being mistaken for the princess. I'm in her bedroom. I'm getting dressed up. And as she's on the phone with them, in breaks, Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shredder, and they abduct her. And as they're abducting her, she faints. Very ladylike. Kind of goes limp and drops the uh, shell phone. 
Shredder fucking judo chopped the shit out of her pressure point right on the neck and incapacitated her. I thought that's how it worked. Fucking Seriously? I took a page right out of Austin I, Powers' book. The, yeah. I think there was a strike of some sort. Or like, <laughs> yeah. Did I miss? How did I miss <laughs> that? There's no. Be sure Shredder hitting a woman wait, wait, in. Wait, wait, wait. There's no way. I, it was a I'm judo sure, chop. I'm going to pull it up right now. I have it at the exact moment. Okay. So that makes sense because this. I was like, why is she fainting? What is going on? However, I have the episode up. Here they are in the bushes. Um, Get that that costume. Hairdo. Very princess-like. The animation's so wild. Yeah. Yeah. Watch. Very cartoony. In they come. Wha-bam. Oh, see? <laughs> oh, well, I don't... He, yeah. he Vulcan death grifter is what he did. Yeah. Yeah, he's That's just like... like Fucking pressure points. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, All right. I stand corrected. Like I didn't yeah. catch that. So anyway, we saw it. We saw it. But we it is, as Andrew's bringing that down, a very key point that she faints because they think she's the princess at this point. So she struggles a little bit, faints. They exit the room thinking that they've got the princess in tow. Their plan is working perfectly at this point. Now, the turtles... They're on the phone with April, obviously, as she gets abducted. And they're like, April, you there? What's going on? And they, they don't get anything back. They figure something bad has happened. And they're like, we got to get in there and figure out what's going on. So out come the grappling hooks again. And this time, back on the gargoyles, they're climbing up toward the roof. They get on the ledge toward the top. They're kind of thinking, like, all right, which way do we go here? And Mikey... Keen-nosed Mikey smells some wafting pizza scents. And he's like, I smell pizza. The party's got to be that way. And they follow it through and head toward the party. Meanwhile, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady start sprinting down the hall, April in tow, to escape. And a shocking scene as they sprint toward the elevator, outstep two more Malakirian embassy guards, and without even giving them a chance, Rocksteady kills one. He just shoots <laughs> him in the heart. The guy falls face first on the ground. They hop in the elevator and they close the doors and down they go. Yeah. Laser blast right to the fucking goodies. Yeah. And it wasn't so, like a, he got shocked. This guy dead. Yeah. In my like, eyes at least. Instantly. Like with his laser gun. So number one. I mean, he got a kill count. He's one of the few <laughs> yeah. that are on the board for kill count. And number two, I want to say, um, Chris, you mentioned his, their mutant strength um, maybe uh, five minutes ago. You forget how strong they are, too. Like, they can really F stuff up because of their mutant abilities. Um, so every now and then, like, if if they weren't so dumb, they would be lethal all the time. You know what I mean? Like, the turtles would definitely not be able to take bebop and rock steady if they were like 20 percent smarter so yeah and like yeah. they rock has been itching to kill somebody for it feels like the last couple episodes i think last episode he wanted to like blast them at some point as they're going out of fire escape or something so yeah and they had a just, lot of charging scenes a while a little yeah. while ago kind of like you know middle of the or the you know first quarter of the season so yeah, yeah. he's been itching for a kill 
So they kill the guard. They get in the elevator. Down they go. They're trying to get back to the Technodrome. And as this goes on, Emperor Alistair is heading up to his daughter's room to check on her. And he finds the room empty and a ransom note on the windowsill. And the ransom note reads, we've kidnapped your daughter. Uh, give us Widium 90 in exchange if you want her back. And As he's walking over to pick up the note, he fucking crunches the turtle com that's on the ground and doesn't even realize it. Yeah. So he gets the note. He reads it. He goes, holy shit. Guards put the building on lockdown. Somebody's kidnapped the princess. And then he sees the turtle com that he's crunched and he picks it up and he's like, oh, turtle shell. This, maybe this is a clue. And he kind of strolls out of the room in a panic. Now, Bebop and Rocksteady and Shredder, they're in the elevator heading down. It stops randomly and Shredder knows exactly what happened. He's like, they put the alert on, they stop the elevator, blast a hole in the floor of this bad boy. We got to get out of here. So Rocksteady, trigger happy Rocksteady, shoots a hole in the floor, which tells you how powerful this gun is. He shot a guy point blank in the chest with a gun that can just blow the floor out of a steel elevator. <laughs> and they repel the it down. Bleed, though. No, he, he just, just instant. So down the elevator shaft they go. They're repelling down, continuing their escape. While this is going on, the turtles are on the dance floor. So Raph <laughs> is dancing it up with like Marie Antoinette. He's getting spun around, getting dizzy. Um, they're just kind of feeling their way through the crowd. And in pops Emperor Alistair. Well, so like, I, have, I have something to say there. So yep. Raph is dancing with some old lady. Some crazy animation. And she goes, hey, what do you call that dance? And he goes, I call it the, the turtle twirl, I think he says. In my mind, that was a pretty missed opportunity where they could have just called it the twirl. Instead of the turtle twirl. I thought the twirl would have been way better, but what am I? I'm not a writer. So. Yeah. Thank you for stopping the show for that joke, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, here, here's, um, here's a question for you. Just as a little, you know, Chris has been heavy on the exposition to, to the start of this episode. What is your favorite dance to do at a wedding? Your favorite wedding dance? None. I'll start with I'll start yeah. with this. <laughs> none. What the fuck are you talking about? None. The I, I love the wobble. As a white the man, wobble I is yeah. I'm very good at it, but the wobble is great. Shout out to the wobble. Yeah. Weevils wobble, but they don't fall down. Shout out to weevils and wobbles. <laughs> the wobble is a good one. Also, there's nothing better or funnier than the. It's not really a wedding song, but the when you hear the intro to rack city that like the the drop right before the lyrics start if you know what i'm talking about no listen to rack city the intro is amazing who sings rack city i don't know don't ask rack me that city, question bitch. yeah it's a very funny song to just listen to too it's just oh tyga yeah yeah okay oh yeah you rack, you rack, yeah you don't see uh, yeah, a lot of chicken know. dances anymore the twist I like, classic. Everyone can twist. Yeah, I mean, 
some of the old ones gotta go because even what's the um uh what's the new one cupid shuffle yeah cupid shuffle has been somewhat new but there's a even newer one oh um i'm gonna butcher it so it'll come to me later i'll put it in the show notes but uh yeah it's funny to see how it's evolved they're all still group like the same concept of dances just different movements now to different songs i like like the songs that tell you what to do those are the good ones yeah so the turtles they're cutting a rug and emperor alistair walks in and he says the princess has been kidnapped we're on lockdown i demand that everybody take off their masks and show me their invitations so he's going to get to the bottom of this and the turtles are like fuck we can't do either of those and they're like well maybe in this commotion we can sneak out so they start slinking toward the door and he spots them and says take off your masks now and they do they take off their bandanas and we get a very funny maskless turtles scene they just look goofy and he's like, I said, take your masks off. And he goes to rip, I think it's Michelangelo's. He just kind of honks his nose and he goes to pull it off and it doesn't doesn't work. And he's like, holy shit, you're a turtle. I found a turtle calm. Guards seize these guys. Now, we're going to pause for our second segment. A little Channel 6 breaking news. do 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 Expose edition. Oh. So the turtles have been exposed for turtles. We're going to do a similar thing here. You two are going to work together in this Channel 6 Breaking News. And I am going to read you the name, the real name of some celebrities and you need to tell me what their celebrity name is stage name. So for instance, this isn't one that's on the list. John Wiebowitz is really John Stewart. So I'll give you the John Wiebowitz. You got to give me the John Stewart. John need you here. I'm leaning. So would be gr- my wife would be great at this. My wife would be great. At this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I would be, if you could get, Half over half of these, I would be impressed. So, like I said, some are easier than others. They're in no particular order. Like I said, we got 15, so let's not dilly dally. Right. Number one, Ooh. the name is Mary Louise. What's the stage name? Mary J. Blosh. Andrew, you agree? Yes. The correct answer is Meryl Streep. Over one. Ugh. Number two, Reginald Kenneth Dwight. This should be an easier one. And these are all celebrities you've heard of. There's there's no like one-off weird ones here. Reginald. Dwight? All right, let me try this. Sir Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> no, yeah, sure, but no way. Why would you change it? <laughs> no, it's Elton John, Sir Elton John. How, how, right. do you mean, yeah, I should. How, how That's an easy one. All right, here's. I'll give you an easy one. Sean Carter. 
Oh, oh, um, uh, B Diddy. No, no, no. John Carter's Jay Z. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Z. Yeah. I'll I'll start giving you their profession. That'll make it a little easier. So Jay Z no, is no, correct. No, here. no, no professions. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, number four, Eric Marlin Bishop. Eric Marlin Bishop. Eric Bishop. Fat Joe. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, Eric Bishop. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. That's Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Which, um, hopefully he's doing well. I He was having health issues, so I heard oh. it wasn't very good. Yeah, he was like, there's rumors he was on his deathbed, I think, at one point. Yeah. So, hopefully he's um, doing All right, next one. Christopher Bridges. John, you should know this in particular. Total hint. Christopher Bridges. He's a rapper. I, oh, Biggie. Andrew? I'm not sure. So, yeah. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. Oh, yeah. Nettolie Hirschlog. Nettolie Hirschlog. The first name, Natalie. That should be a clue. Is that a female? Yeah, she's an actress. I'll give yeah. you that. I'm going to start giving you that because you're not going to get these. Your celebrity knowledge is shit. Natalie? Natalie Portman? That is correct. Natalie yeah. Portman. Next one. This is an actor. Nicholas Coppola. Oh. oh um... Nicholas Cage. Yep. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. This is I a saw. musician. Robin Fenty. Robin Fenty. Oh, uh, that is um, Rihanna. Yep. The last name should be the clue there. Uh, next one. This is an actor. Cornelius Crane Chase. Cornelius Crane Chase. Crane? Like, crane. like the animal. <laughs> crane, not Crane. Oh, Crane. 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 Yeah. <laughs> crane. I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> it's Crane. Cornelius? Yeah. Cornelius Crane Chase. Chris um, Chris Evans. Nope. I don't know. That is Chevy Chase. Mm. Next one. This is a musician. Peter Gene Hernandez. Peter Gene Hernandez. Mr. Worldwide. The Super Bowl halftime show. Bruno? Yep, Bruno Mars. Aubrey Graham. This is an easy one. Oh, yeah. Um, rapper. Yeah. This is the easiest. Was it one of the easiest ones on the list? Even I would know this one. Uh, Eve? Unbelievable. <laughs> it's a guy. I said his name. Oh. What? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I was thinking of a girl. I have no idea who no. that guy is. Drake. Drizzy. Drake. Oh. The kid has an album named Aubrey. Anyway, this is a tougher one. This is an actress, Karen Elaine Johnson. 
you know, you'll never get this one. I did. I made a reference to this earlier in the show to this actress. These this is Whoopi hard. Goldberg. That's what I'm saying. Whoopi Goldberg. Terry Bollea. This is an easy one. He's a wrestler. Go to reverse, Terry. What? Terry Bollea. Don't see Perhaps me. the most famous wrestler of all time. Stone Cold Steve Austin. No. Triple H. <laughs> no. Uh, um, the big guy. Not the big show. Andre the Giant. No. Hulk Hogan. The Rock. Oh, you guys Hulk suck. Hogan. Chris. Chris. Come on. Publicized court trial with his real name. Brother. Brother. All right. Marshall Mathers. How's that? Yeah. Eminem, baby. That's okay. fucking Dr. Dre. And the last one is <laughs> just a funny name. Stevland Hardaway Judkins. Stevland Hardaway Judkins. It sounds like a what's that show where they That's Matthew Practical Jokers. What's, what's oh, the... famous piano player slash musician? Pianist. Is this easy uh, blind? Yes. Stevie Wonder. Yep. Wow. Nice. Job. Actually, you guys I knew right. I knew you were gonna right suck at that. You got, got like, like maybe half. four. Chris, I, I feel like you've done a couple yeah. Games where you, that, right. If you don't know Drake's real the, name, like what am I supposed to do? Album. All right. Whatever. On to the on to the episode. Yeah, anyway. The turtles <laughs> <laughs> try to sneak out. <laughs> they get revealed to be turtles, and the guards are ordered to seize them. And we get our first, I don't know if we call this a fight scene, but the fight music starts playing and the turtles spring into action. So first one, Donnie uses his bow staff to pull vault over the crowd and make a break for the door. Leo cuts a sash on a giant curtain that drops onto a bunch of guards and he runs over the top of them toward the door. And then Mikey and Raph, Mikey takes his nunchucks, swings them over a chandelier. Raph jumps on his back and they swing over the crowd and they make a break for the door. So Raph's not even important enough to get his own cutscene. As as they're swinging, Michelangelo lets loose a cowbunga. So they run out the door. They barricade everyone else inside so they can't be followed. And they ha- they run off. They say, we got to find April and the princess. Because at this point, they know April. Something happened with April. And they they heard that the princess got kidnapped. But they haven't connected the dots yet. So they're basically off in search of two people at this point. And they're wondering where the princess got off to. Well, she's wandering the streets, listening to the sultry tunes of a little street drum band, steel drum band kind of playing the marimba or whatever. I don't even know what the marimba is, but you got some island sounds coming from the sidewalk. And it's, real, it's a real steel drum sound going on. Yeah. It reminds me of like uh, like Mario games when you're on the tropical islands. A marimba but, is kind of like a xylophone, I would say. Thank you, John. No idea, but John was a bass cornet player. Yeah. He says he claims essentially a music minor, which I don't know what that means, but very vague enough to seem legitimate potentially. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, I have no clue what a marimba is. You could have said anything there and I'd be like, yeah, sure. 
So it's uh, I mean I just which, did a quick it's a musical instrument in the percussion film that consists of wooden bars struck by mallets. So you were right. It could be. Which I, I don't think this was ever addressed. John made a claim a few episodes ago that the North Pole was like zero latitude and longitude, which is false. That yeah. is 100% false. <laughs> Nothing about it is zero. <laughs> just throwing that out there. So I don't even remember take, that. Take yeah, I, I remember John's that. claims with a grain, <laughs> fucking grain of salt. I don't know if you actually knew that or not, John, but no, I didn't. I, I was just hilarious. assuming like, why would it not be zero? Wouldn't the it's, equator be zero? I let no, me. No. I gotta look it up. I don't know. I don't. It is don't literally the opposite of zero zero. It's ninety one thirty five. Is that the opposite? I don't know. I guess I yeah, because there's your la- your latitude is north. You get a north and south, so ninety degrees north. I guess you're seeing you're all the way at the top, and ninety degrees. 90 degrees south, you'd be all Either the way, way at the bottom. Either way, don't take everything any of us say um, for fact, but especially John. If you say it confidently enough, people yeah. believe it. Exactly. And I did until I was like, fuck, when I was editing, I'm like, let me check this out. You know, it, was, it couldn't have been more wrong. All right. So the princess, she's wandering the streets. She comes on the steel drum band and they're performing in front of. And I think this was very stereotypical back in the 90s, but it's one of those electronic TV sales storefronts. There's a bunch of Radio TVs in the sales perhaps. window, perhaps. And they're playing the news. So she's watching the news. She sees the reports that she's been kidnapped. And she's like, uh, I haven't been kidnapped. I'm right here. I got to get back to the embassy to calm everyone down. So she hops in a cab. Off she goes back to the embassy. And at the embassy, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady have reached the basement. So as we recall, they rappelled down the elevator shaft. They blast open the door or whatever you want to call it that's boarded up. They start to make a break for the door back to the Technodrome. As Shredder saying, we're going to find the transport module, get out of here. And the commotion has woken up April. So I should say to-, to Shredder here is... He's surprised that they're in the basement. He's like, ah, shit, we're in the basement. Yeah, why would you not be? The elevator goes all the way down. There's, there's only one way to go to the basement. So here's a question. When you're you're in the elevator, you're closest to the panel. Somebody else walks on. Do you ask them what floor they're going to, or do you wait for them to tell you what floor they want? I ask Always ask immediately. Okay, that's the right answer. Which floor? Some people Which don't. Floor? It's annoying. And right. how about when you do that and then you push the button, but the light's broken? So you know that you pushed it, but they don't know that you pushed it. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to like yeah. make the extra effort to like, no. Oh, I, I think like, the light uh, is broken, but you know yeah. the light is broken. Yeah. You don't just yeah. think, you know. It'd be funny if you asked and then just pushed a different one anyway. Like three, John. boom, four. And I, so um, the building that I work in for work, a lot of elevators. It's, it's actually the tallest building in mass in the in New England. If you will, yeah. John loves to drop that little. Uh, <laughs> I never heess, heard that. 
Yeah. yeah. And there's some outrageous um, amount that it costs, obviously, as you would think, to rent like a premier floor in the tallest building in the biggest city in like the Northeast, you know, or New England or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. Yeah. Do do a little bit of research on that. John, the Hancock building in Boston, a lot of issues with the engineering for where it's a big glass building, basically. And windows were just falling out onto the streets because however they engineered it, they fucked up. And so the windows were just popping out. No, this is like this is like in the seventies when they first built it. So yeah, it was scary. Even now sometimes they break. But um so there's it's like one of those buildings where in the lobby there's two floors. The bottom floor services the odd floors and the second floor services the even floors. And so, man, people get confused all the fucking time. But there's some shortcuts because it's like one elevator bank only goes from floors 1 to 15, and then another one goes from like 15 to 20, whatever. So sometimes I'll, I'll take a little shortcut, and I'll get in the elevator bank that you don't think services your floor, but it actually is the last stop. So like I'm going to 15, and the elevator bank says it really only goes 17 to 50, but I can hop on and take a shortcut. So no idea you. what you're talking about, but yeah, you, I got lost in the sauce on the, the, <laughs> yeah. the two lobbies. I'm like, well, I've never been Obviously. in a building like that. I don't. The only trick I knew, which turned out to be only true, like in 30% of cases was like holding the door closed and like the, um, the button like makes it go right to your floor or floor yeah. button. Yeah. And you just hold it for like three seconds and it bypasses everything else. Like that's not actually true. It's I've tried really that so actually, many times. It's, it's so false. false. It's way more false than true. So that's like a psychic. Like you're just gonna let all those people watch you fucking zip by. It's yeah, a crazy. It's a selfish move. The yeah. fuck you think is what? You're zipping. You're saying that trick would make you zip up right to your floor without stopping. That yeah. Was so the urban like legend, you would. Yeah. yeah so I'm gonna be like, standing on floor four. I'm gonna watch John zip by in the elevator going up. It's not yeah. going to stop on my floor. Why pushing. would you watch me? Zi- what? You can't see the elevator. John doesn't understand. John, I'm on a floor above you. I, why are I we under- even wasting yeah. time on this? <laughs> John, I'm on a floor above you. You're on the first floor. That trick works. I've got the up button pressed. Yeah. I can see the elevator. I it, They usually count like one, two, three. I see you coming. No. Four. Don't you stop. don't stop. Five. Chris. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? He's about to <laughs> <Chris, get. laughs> get in a real fucking building. Real buildings don't have you don't see what the elevator floor is on. They just come. No, not on my own. <laughs> yeah. my, no. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Confusing being in the elevator with being out of the elevator. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'd hear you zip by. I don't know. I don't ride a lot of elevators, but that seems like <laughs> you're fucking standing on floor two. You're incredulous. I don't think it's going up to five. <laughs> yeah, I feel like above the door frame. There's usually a. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Hotels have it. I think. Yeah. Back to the episode. I don't even know where the fuck we were. were um, okay. Yeah. So they're in the basement. That's right. They're in the basement. They blast open the door. April wakes up and she starts like, oh, wait. And she realizes what's going on. She's like, wait till the turtles find out. They're going to get you. And Treader's like, hold on a minute. 
I recognize that voice. And he just flips her hair over her eye or off of her eye. And he's like, God damn it. I knew it. That's April O'Neil, not the princess. You, he blames Bebop and Rocksteady for screwing it up, even though it has nothing to do with them. And he's like, well, we're just going to have to make the best of a bad situation here. And he continues to make a break for the door. But the intercom system perks up. And Emperor Alistair is on the intercom system. And he says, kidnappers, meet me at the roof with my daughter. I will give you the Lydium 90. And I have a helicopter that you didn't even ask for waiting to take you wherever you want to go. So Shredder's like, all right, this isn't a bad idea. And as they're kind of listening to this message, April is able to wriggle free from Bebop and Rocksteady or Shredder. I forget who's carrying her. She runs. She makes a break for it. Break knocks down the trash cans behind her, trying a little diversion. And Bebop and Rocksteady just slip in garbage, fall on their asses, and she escapes. So the easiest escape of all time. Do you think that Shredder's ever not going to call her April O'Neil? Like, are they ever going to get yeah. on a first name basis? Yeah, he's very formal. He's a gentleman. I like it. He is. So April makes her escape, and the turtles up above on a different floor, they also hear this message from Emperor Alistair because it got broadcast all over the embassy. And they realize, all right, Shredder must be headed to the roof if he heard this message too. So... They go to take off to get up to the roof to meet him there, but they're cornered again by some more guards. These guards are just Johnny on the spot. They're everywhere. And they're about to get seized once again, but Princess Mallory shows up and she's like, hey, stop. And they confuse her for April. So they're like, April, what are you doing here? Like, we were trying to find you. What's going on? And she's like, I'm not April. Like, what are you talking about? And they say, uh, has that new hairdo like ruined your brain? You're April. And the guards get all pissed off. And they're like, you don't talk to the princess that way. And then they kind of put two and two together. They're like, oh, you're the princess. That means April must have got kidnapped. And whoever kidnapped her, Shredder, thought she was the princess. So the, the light bulb kind of goes off. And the princess, for whatever reason, is like, oh, my God, come with me. We'll take the back staircase to the roof. We'll save April. Guards, make sure you block all the other exits. We'll meet them on the roof. So they kind of run off to get to this back staircase. These guards also, like, they're big with the, the bayonets. Huge. Like, do they have guns? Or do they just have long swords? Yeah. They all, they, it's like Napoleonic era. They're all old. They have crazy facial hair. They're all dressed up. So, but they're, they're, listen, they're, they're fucking everywhere. They're guarding the shit out of this place. So, <laughs> except where they <laughs> needed to be. Like, yeah. how, how the fuck did Shredder, Bebop, Mark study get up to the princess's room? On it's a costume party. And You can do whatever you want. Who knows? So, the turtles, they're running off. We cut back to April, who's running through the halls. It's a very funny scene. So she, she's running through the halls, trying to get to the roof, and she comes to a dead end. There's two doors, one on the left, one on the right. And she's like, uh, one of these leads to the roof. Maybe it's this one. And she flings open the left door, and Shredder's just fucking standing there. 
And he's like, oh, you should have tried door number two. And she slams the door in his face, and she opens the door on the right. Boom. Bebop and Rocksteady just <laughs> fucking waiting for her. And Rocksteady grabs her, and she's caught yet again. She's in his clutches. And Shredder pops over, and he's like, listen, you may not be the princess, but you're close enough for what we need. And he, I think this is gentlemanly. He gives her the offer. He's like, if you keep your stupid mouth shut and don't say anything, we can still pull this off. She's like, never, I'll never stop talking. So he gags her with a rag. He just pulls out of his pocket and they take her away. Yeah, right before it's about to go on, she goes, I hope this thing is clean. Yeah. Which, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you would. But also, I mean, it could have been in his undies for all we know. <laughs> yeah, or like a revenge, like just dirty sock or something like that. Like some really yeah. sick, twisted thing. That would fucking yeah. suck, huh? Um, You're kidnapped and you get a dirty sock jock strap for a fucking face gag. Which <laughs> I was thinking the other day, shout out to Socko. You guys remember wow. who Socko is? Or what Socko is, I guess? Uh, yeah, mankind's yeah. puppet. Yeah. Like he would didn't he take oh, yeah. shoe off and just like would <laughs> yeah. like claw grab somebody. The mandible like claw. He'd just grab your yeah. jaw like in your mouth and just Oh, out. I was definitely thinking of Stick Stickly. Wow. Also, <laughs> stick Stickly. Yeah, just Stick Stickly. Yeah. Stick what was that, stickly. Nick, Nick News or something? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, Stick Stickly. Holy shit. It's probably hanging <laughs> out with Face afternoon. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stick Stickly? Uh, it's just a popsicle stick. Yeah. Uh. So at this point in the episode, it's basically a race to the rooftop. Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady with April. They're trying to get up there. The Turtles and the Princess are trying to get up there. And Emperor Alistair is just waiting up there. So we cut to the Turtles. They're sprinting up the world's tallest spiral staircase. So this embassy looks like maybe it's four stories from the outside. There's like 18 floors of stairs. They're just sprinting up with the Princess. I, th I think the elevator, I think I remember seeing that there were seven floors. Ooh. Elevator. Not that the elevator goes all the way to the top, but also they're like walking up a, a spiral staircase in the dome. This fucking, again, this fanciest embassy has a dome with a walkway that goes all the way around and a helicopter pad on top. So, and Chris, you said Shredder gets to the top first from the basement and they're not even fucking winded at all. So and they're carrying someone's carrying fucking April. Yeah, Shredder's hitting the cardio. Did we talk about this earlier? Like he's very small. Yeah, small. He's yeah, he's doing something. So they get to the roof, and he's like, "God damn it, you're the kidnappers!" And Shredder's like, "Listen, deal's a deal, bud. I'm up here. I've got your daughter. Give me the Lydium ninety. He gets the Lydium ninety, and then he's like, "I'll give you your daughter back when I get where I'm going." So he takes away him 90, hops in the helicopter. Pilot Shredder can just, uh, I like this about him, he can just fly anything. And that we cannot, cannot be understated. Yeah. How wild it is to me that he just hops into a rogue helicopter. Number one, like from a question i had it in my mind well no just like in general one question i had was like would you if you were offered a helicopter escape 
plan from the person that you just robbed, would you, or like tried to ransom, would you accept that? Or would you think it may be a trap or somehow? It's gotta be a trap. Yeah. So number one, I don't, I don't think they should have accepted the helicopter, but number two, fucking awesome that Shredder knows how to fly that thing. Like that's a badass move. And so yeah, I can pilot that thing like a fucking beast too, because we'll get to yeah. it, but they're zipping through the cities. Yeah. And it's like in the Matrix the fuck- when they download the manual on how to fly yeah. shit like on the spot. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of when he hopped in it. The uh also the the color combo on this helicopter is fucking primo. Yeah, it's fly. It's like that what is it like baby blue and like a gold yellow gold gold? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, fresh. The only so the only complaint I have about this episode the so there's a shot early on when we're looking at the embassy and you can see the helipad on the roof and it, there's a a white x in the helipad and not an h as there should be to indicate helicopter goes here that's my only gripe with the animation on this episode so shredder hops in that bad boy bebop rock steady april in tow and he goes to take off and as he's lifting off the turtles pop through the door they instantly point and they're like, he's getting away. And they run, <laughs> jump, and grab onto the running boards of the helicopter. So two on each side, as Shred- this is a badass move by them. Yeah. As Shredder's taken off into the air to fly away. Which reminds me, speaking of badass scenes, that this is 1000% been ripped off, it would be the Matrix. When Morpheus is like chained, I don't remember which Matrix movie it's it was. The first one. It, it might have been the first one. If a helicopter is taken off from a roof, some good shit's about to happen yeah. in anything you're watching. So they take off. The turtles are hanging on, and the Emperor's like, "Fuck, my daughter's screwed. What is going on?" <laughs> and she pops in the door, and she's like, "Father," and he's like, "Oh, sweet." And they hug, and then it's like. Nobody gives a shit what happens after that. They're happy yeah, that they found each again. other. Yeah. So me like it doesn't even question like who's in the elevator. Just hugs his daughter. They're all happy. So Shredder, he's doing some evasive maneuvering, trying to shake the turtles. He's weaving in between buildings. He's going up and down. They're taking <laughs> <laughs> on. How <laughs> in my head I was like, those are the only two moves you can do in a helicopter. I guess is weave and just go up and down. And they're hanging on, but they're they're starting to lose their grip, as Mikey says. We get a little joke in there. Like, oh, yeah, we knew that, Mikey. You were losing your grip. And just as all appears lost, and they're about to fall, they spot the turtle blimp just parked on a roof. <laughs> and Donnie's like, yeah, I, I parked it there because I figured it might come in handy at some point. So they flop off of the helicopter. It's fucking land. unbelievable that the turtle blimp... <laughs> As the turtles are like trying to keep a low profile, or that's fucking out the window, that yeah. this fucking thing is just parked on a roof of a building in the city. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And it occupies the entire roof. Like it's massive. It's fucking. And now yeah. I have to say, every, uh, I get anxiety watching these episodes because every time I see the turtle bloom now, I just fucking panic sets in. Yeah. So we're going to get there. We are going to get there. So this next sequence of events 
is going to be hey. very controversial. Yep. So the turtles. I don't think so. I don't think I, so. Do. Uh, I well, do. we'll find out in down. a second. I wrote it down. So the turtles fling off of the running boards from the helicopter. They land on the rooftop. We see them standing next to the blimp. And Leo very clearly and distinctly says, Donnie, fire up the turtle blimp. And then the scene cuts. So I laughed out loud at this part. I'm like, John is screwed <laughs> because there's very clear direction. Like this Ugh. is indisputable what's about to happen. The scene cuts. Shredder is on the phone with Krang, flying and chatting. And he's... Did Chris wow. just freeze? The suspense. That was fucking wild. I don't even know what happened. I also <laughs> must say that fucking John stole the bottom graphic spot yeah. right out from under my nose in like episode four or five or something. And Did just I? acted like it has been his all along. Like not even close. Not even oh, we close. don't even have the logo on the fucking thing right now. Fucking John. <laughs> what do you mean, fucking John? My Wi-Fi was great until yours started fucking up. I'll just say that. I'm literally, my router's behind me. It was saying I was connected to the internet, but it wasn't working. I don't know what was going on. Anyway, no. where did where did I cut out? I don't even know where I cut out. It was like literally, just start with, Leo says, fire up the space blimp. Space blimp. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're back. So Leo very distinctly commands Donnie to fire up the turtle blimp. So to me, I laughed out loud when I heard this. I was like, John is screwed because it's a very clear direction for what's going on. But the scene cuts from there. So we cut to Shredder landing. He's, he's flying. He's getting ready to land. He's got Krang on the Krang communicator. And he's telling Krang, listen, send me a fucking transport module to the goddamn basement of the art museum because I'm landing at the art museum. I've got the Widium 90. We're getting out of here. No, he and, says send it, to the, send it outside of the art museum. Oh, yeah, outside of the art museum. That's a very good point. And, and Krang actually pays him a compliment. He's like, you fucking finally did something right. This is awesome. So Shredder lands on the roof and exclaims, like, nothing can stop me now. Which you just know. <laughs> it's like the, what are you doing, tempting luck, Shredder? <laughs> tempting fate. And this is actually a cool scene. So this is where it gets controversial. He lands. We're facing the helicopter. He says, nothing can stop me now. And we get the blimp, the turtle blimp, rising in the background very <laughs> ominously. He hops out. And the turtles float in and jump off of the blimp. And I'm going to pull. I had it preloaded. Here we go. I got it for you, Chris. So pause right Whoa. there. Maybe go back. Can we go back just a touch? No, we don't need yes. to. So to me, I'll go back. It was, I'll go back five seconds and then pause it. It's to me, it wasn't clear. Who was driving the blimp? It is actually very clear that it's Michelangelo driving the blimp. I so anticlimactic. Yeah, I Me had a too. I had a freeze frame. Hold on. 
If you do, let me know and just uh, I'll stop yeah, it. Give me a second. Let me try and bring it up. Oh. I'm not sure. Actually, I just go. I also just send you guys a picture. I'm not sure Michelangelo could Michelangelo here you go, Chris. any here more you go. in the cockpit. Yeah. Right. So right here. On. This looks purple to me. But, but yeah, he's is he on? The, he's not. It doesn't appear that he's in the driver's seat. Look at what I had sent you. I zoom in. Yeah, one more frame. He what seems... you need? One more click. Boom, boom. Look who's in the cockpit. This guy's behind this guy. It's to, right. but where? On the like, right is there. he? See, I think he's. Donatello to me, is on it looks the far like he's, right. I'm just going to go one more frame. Yeah, one real quick. It's like there's a pruder film back into the left. Okay. So now uh, I sent, I, I also sent you guys, now, a, I, think. I sent you guys a photo. Check your text messages. John, what good is that on a podcast? The frame, the yes. frame just before this. <laughs> Chris, what good is okay, this? Okay, I have that podcast? same. I'm going to share it. Let me share my screen. I have it. I have yeah. the same thing John just sent. Now, right. here right. is, is what, what I'm going to say. This is the exact same frame that John I just know. sent. I know. Shocking that. It's this close. So clearly, Donnie is to the right, and Mikey would appear no, to be Donatello behind is to the, the John. Let left. me finish, John. In as you're looking at this photo, not from his perspective, from us looking at the photo, Donnie is to the far right, Leo is to the far left. Michelangelo would appear to be behind the console driving. However, yes, what I believe is that as they're coasting toward the roof, Donnie starts to jump. He's clearly in a jumping motion here. And Mikey, though he appears to be in the driver's seat, was actually in the back seat. So I think Mikey, you only see no him looking like he's driving because Donnie is jumping out of the driver's seat. There's no back seat to the blimp. As there's it, one I, fucking driver's seat. John, there's on. a driver's seat. There's the two propeller seats. Which are clearly occupied by Raph and Leo. Yeah. And then there's the there's what I call no man's land. Depending on who the fourth person is, they're always in a different spot, kind of just wedging themselves in there. There's one seat on the blimp, is there not? There's one dedicated seat. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And who is fucking ass deep in the fucking seat right now? Nobody. They're both they're all kind of standing ready to jump. No. Uh, if you go back one cell, it's. This is I, a have that, I, can't. I have that cell. Donatello. Right I'll stop sharing. I'm going to pull this up too because. I have it right here. I think you need to watch it in a fluid I motion. It. I watched it a thousand times back and forth. And I think when you watch them jump, Mikey does not jump out of the driver's seat, he jumps from somewhere in the back right. <laughs> right you guys ready? You gotta zoom in. There we go. How's this, baby? This is good. All right. That's all you Mike. need right there. What else do you need? Michelangelo is clearly in the cockpit, and Don- Donnie is on the left propeller. Yeah, so watch, right? I'll go slow. So jump. Now it looks like Leo's knee is in front of Mikey. Yeah, because he's in the cockpit. Maybe, but watch. Watch what happens. So yeah. we have Donnie. This is presumed to be Raph. This is Mikey. Yeah. This is Leo. 
now look. We're, now he's clearly not in the driver's seat. What do you mean now look? Mikey's coming from way in the back. Don, yeah. No, Leonardo is jumping in front because the right fan is in front of him. When you're in that seat, you're right up on that, whatever that thing in the center is. Like, look, he's coming from like the back, like way back. Okay. So I contend Did that as Leonardo they coasted in, in front of Donnie, Donnie made an early, he started to take off early. He's the guy on the flight that stands up right as you touch ground. And he gets kind of a running start as they glide in. That's why it looks like he's on the right propeller when Raph is actually on the right propeller. I mean, do we asterisk it for now and just hope there's another instance so that this doesn't have to be the deciding factor? Because I think it is maybe more controversial than I thought originally. So, yeah, I'll, I'll put an asterisk. I, I don't think. So, here's the only thing that I would say here, too. We already have an asterisk on the turtle blimp for Donatello. Do we? It was from episode five because there was an anim- there was an animation there was an animation error. Yeah, where but we- Leonardo was flying the blimp, and then there was an animation error where Donatello was flying the blimp for a hot second. That we put an asterisk and said, if it comes down to that one, then okay, do we need to reconsider? Now we've got two asterisks. Yeah, which makes a hole. I think because if if it comes down to it. I'm just gonna. I'll put an asterisk here. The likelihood that he was gonna fly a blimp again is pretty high at this point. We're hot on the Donatello blimp. Donnie, I, Donnie, yeah. In my heart of heart, I don't think that Donnie was driving that blimp there. I texted you guys as I watched it because when he said Donnie fired up, I was like, "There's no way John yeah. could ever dispute what's about to happen." And then literally two seconds later, it's the most. Disputed. It's the yeah, yeah, it's the most disputed scene that we've had. Agreed. So, I don't. I, in my mind, it's not that controversial. I think Michelangelo was clearly flying the blimp. No, I don't think it's clear. I think there's a case to be made. I don't think anything's clear. I agree. John's bias. But so, I guess regardless, last year's good for now. But regardless of who was flying, the Turts disembark from the blimp. They land on the roof, and Bebop. Rocksteady, Shredder, and April have already made their way down the fire escape. So they're at the bottom of the fire escape. Rocksteady, bloodthirsty as always, pauses, and he asks Shredder if they can stop and just blast the turtles coming down after them (laughs) and just end it once and for all. And Shredder says no. Why? I don't know. This is a perfect opportunity for him to kill the turtles, but he says no. And the turtles, we get the third appearance of these little grappling hook things. They repel down the side of the building um, as they try and get after Shredder. So, and, as the. Do we mention the other Calabunga? Oh, yeah. No, as they're jumping off. Yeah. Second Calabunga. Yeah. Two. So, John, getting a lot of Calabungas lately. We're like averaging two an episode now. <laughs> getting a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Can real the, it all of a sudden it looks like there's a lot more episodes left in this season than it did a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's also absolutely. like literally Michelangelo is the only one to say Calabunga. It's true. It's true. Like anyone else but, could say it, but it's always Michelangelo. 
um, yeah, so I did want to point that out. And then I do think this is interesting because Shredder has been known to prioritize the turtles and like their destruction over his directive from Krang or whatever like project he's working on. Here, he correctly prioritizes the Lydium 90 over the turtles, but could have easily just taken them out. And we saw how lethal um, Rocksteady's laser blaster was. So the turtles, they're repelling down the building, and all of a sudden it starts to shake. And that can only mean one thing. Transport module is on the way. But instead of sending it outside the art museum, Krang sends it right into the basement. And Shredder calls Krang. He's, he's like, this fucking guy sent it to the basement. Are you kidding me? <laughs> calls Krang. He's like, Krang, you screwed up the triangulation. What are you doing? And Krang just says, sue me. Click. And he fucking hangs up on Shredder. <laughs> uh, made me laugh so much. I just Krang. Shredder's like, he's like, what? What happened? Where's the module? <laughs> it's just like, it cannot be believed that the module wouldn't be right outside the building. Yeah. So the turtles realizing what has happened, Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shredder kind of run inside and they swing through a window to stop them. So they're now all in this art museum and the turtles are trying to find out where Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady are. And this to me is where things get a little bit weird. So the turtles are kind of wandering around. They see this turtle statue with the, we kind of talked about it earlier in another episode, the turtle with the world on its back. And they're just admiring this art. And like, I don't know art, but I know what I like. They're just like, they love it. And meanwhile, April is like pole dancing on this piece of art, swinging around, kicking Bebop and Rocksteady in the face. <laughs> She's just like randomly kicking the shit out of all of them <laughs> next to this giant finger that's just like dangling above a hole in the floor. It's just... Yeah, so... That that <laughs> whole finger structure is, I would say, the most vivid thing about this episode that I recall from my childhood. Yeah. I was just like, what's good? Because she calls for help. She's able to like get her mask off. She calls for help. And they run over, and she's just absolutely kicking the shit out of everyone. <laughs> and then Shredder's kind of like, I don't know what he's doing. He's like hiding there, and he turns his back, and he's like, oh, no, the turtles are here. So, amphibians. yeah, so the turtles see what's going on and they come running and then uh, after getting their asses kicked, I guess, Rocksteady and Bebop are like, hey, boss, can we finally blast these fucking turtles finally? And he's like, yeah, let it rip. So they go to start firing. But who shows up? Princess Maori and the Malakurian guards. So somehow they fucking hightailed it across the city into the art museum where they have jurisdiction, I guess. And they're, they're going to stop Shredder, Bebop and Rocksteady. But before they can down the tunnel, they go and they pull the finger down to block the exit. You know, like a weird seemingly sexual innuendo scene just a finger, giant finger plugging a hole, and down they go back toward the Technodrome with, importantly, the Widium 90 in tow. Yeah. Do they get know. in the transport module? 
No, they never find it, I don't even think. I, it's hard to know because then once that finger enters the hole, you get that rumbling vibration scene and then lava starts seeping from around like the crack. So I don't know if they went down into a crack and then went deeper into the hole or whatever. You know what I mean? Yes. Bubbling lava comes out of the hole. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... That's one of those tropes that went away for a little bit in the early episodes. Every transport module tunnel had lava flowing out of it. Yeah. I feel like it disappeared for a couple episodes, and then yeah. they get surprised by it because it actually hits them in the feet, and they're kind of dancing around. Yeah. <laughs> so the force of the lava blows the finger out of the hole, and it's just like... <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's just like geysering up in there. They're fucking shocked that of what's happening. They've seen this a thousand times, but for whatever reason, they can't believe their eyes. They don't know what's going on. And then I forget who says it, but someone's like, oh, Krang must have flooded the transport module tubes with lava so they could make their escape. And Wheel's like, damn, Shredder finally got us. He got away. He got exactly what he wanted. We're defeated. But Donnie is like, no, no, no. Uh, Widium 90 is actually super unstable, so it's not going to work under the temperatures and pressures at Earth's core, and it's so unstable that it might even explode. So, probably useful information to have before. Yeah, Donnie, hold on, fucking hold on to that one. Yeah. So, and it also, like, that whole scene to me contradicted the beginning scene where they said it was, like, the hardest and, like, I don't know, Diamond's are made under pressure, so whatever. Contradictory. Yeah. But they go down, he escapes, Donnie kind of gives his little spiel, and then in just a weird, awkward scene, the ambassador is like, hey, you guys won the costume contest. Well, I'm here. Here's your trophy. And they're like, yeah, actually, these were pretty awesome costumes, creative costumes. And he's like, no, it's not for creativity. It's for like being weird. So they get a trophy, the Technodrome, Shredder feeling great about himself. He's like, Crane, here's your William 90. Crane cannot grab it. He, he does a little baby, gimme, 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 gimme. He gets handed the William 90 and it starts to glow and become unstable. And Crane's like, what the fuck is going on here? And Shredder's <laughs> like, I don't know, but I'm, I'm getting out of here. He takes cover and it explodes in Crane's hands. And he's like, Shredder, you idiot. That could have killed me. Why would you hand that to me? And Shredder gets his little payback. He goes, oh, so sue me. And you get a little chuckle toward the end. And then at the very end, the turtles are eating pizza and recapping with Splinter. And fucking John went in my notes. <laughs> this note, I, was, I just figured it out. I, my last note was the turtles eat pizza and recap the episode with Splinter. And there's just a note that says John is the coolest. <laughs> and I was like, I was trying to piece it together in my brain. I just realized what happened. So we're back. The turtles are eating what appeared to be like another pepperoni pizza, nothing weird on it. But um, they're enjoying their pizza to end the episode. So another pepperoni to the wheel, though. Oh, yeah. We're going to add that. Nice. And yeah. so there were a couple others since we're talking adding pizzas. Yeah. When they were in the ballroom. 
and Mikey had followed the scent of a pizza. He opens up one of those like dinner tray things and sees a very tiny like personal pizza under there. I so I don't know if pizza. We, yeah, if we do a mini pizza, and then this might be a bit of a stretch, but when Bebop and Rocksteady are running down the hall to kidnap April from the princess's bedroom. I think Bebop, or maybe it's Rocksteady, says, oh, they had some of my favorite foods, shrimp puffs and cheese dip. In the spirit of adding to the pizza wheel, that would be a unique topic. Up for debate. I'm fine either way, but I figured I'd bring it up. John, what's your thought? Um, yeah, I say add it. I, I then, feel like um, we've done that before with uh, yeah the fruit pizzas. stand or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, what about mini pizza do we want to do mini like French bread pizza French bread? or I, I say yeah let's do French bread pizza a very underrated pizza type in my opinion mm. so as we do at the end of every episode we're going to go right into turtleisms Cowabunga! Mm. Who would like to start? Andrew would. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since Andrew went first in turtles. Yeah. Let's, let's hear him. I know. I've been, right. I've been I've been sort of having a monopoly on the uh, on the turtlesms because I was I got called out. Yeah, my list isn't super long, so do I have them all? Let's find out. Number one, truly tubuloso from Michelangelo. Uh, Mondo notion dude from Michelangelo. Pathetic peons from Shredder. Credence, which I still don't know how to spell from Shredder. Um, scope out the action from Michelangelo. Fabuloso Bash for Mikey. Um, Turtle Twirl is what I had for the name of the dance. Um, so that's Raph. Shredhead by Mikey. Cowabunga um, by Mikey. Moronic Mutants by Shredder. Cowabunga by Mikey. And Tingrin. I don't know if I stopped after that or if there just were no others. <laughs> I had ma- Mikey had a major problemo. Nice. And I had Raph said bonsai. Bonsai. Uh, I don't remember that. <clears throat> I'll be honest. I didn't do turtleisms this week because I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm hosting. So somebody else. Yeah. going to take a week right. off. All right. That is turtleisms. John, let's get a quick showback sportsbook update, if you don't mind. Because we had a couple, we talked about the controversy, but we had a couple cowabungas. So let's just get a quick update on the totals, if you don't mind. Yeah, so uh, two cowabungas brings us to a total of 10. So we have been stepping up the Cowabungas recently. Still a little bit behind pace, but I'm, I feel like we might get there, at least this way. Nothing on the blimp. Yeah. No, we haven't seen the turtle van in a long time, actually. It's true. It's been a while. It's been a while. The fifth turtle, I think, was the last appearance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, Leonardo, yet again. No, actually, I don't think there were any weapon tosses this uh, this episode. I'm pretty but, sure that first katana toss was in episode one of this season too. I think it was too. Yeah, yeah. We're just on a losing streak. I don't even remember when it, what he did. Maybe ChatGPT <clears throat> was on something there. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll now, what I think is going to be another controversial segment: Dylan yeah, Power yeah. rankings. Boom. Get it on the board. You can put it on the board. Yes. All right, Andrew, Ooh. give us a recap of where we stand from last week. All right, from last week, John has still put in zero effort on the villain power ranking slide. So, John, I was you got to give, give it up for consistency, at least. He's consistent from week to week. Um, <laughs> anyway, long story short, Krang had reclaimed the top dog spot. It was not controversial last week. So, Krang rightfully re-earned after last episode, the number one spot. Shredder at two, Rat King still strong at three. Foot Soldiers had leapfrogged Bebop and Rocksteady and had um, claimed the number four spot. Then we, for the number five is Bebop and Rocksteady. Baldy Crime Syndicate, Rock Soldiers at seven. Baxter at eight. Dragon Grantor at nine. And Don Tertelli. Chris, hit us with the Don. Don Tertelli. Uh, at 10 to round out the villain power ranking. So that's where it stands. All right. Who do we want to start with first? Maybe Bebop and Rocksteady? I should say, there goes Andrew. My back? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> that's my bad. I John just hit. banishing Andrew. I meant to unmute myself, but I actually banished Andrew. Uh, I say we start with Bebop and Rocksteady. Yep. Because they killed a guy. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, I I know I made this case before. Do we need to separate Bebop and Rocksteady? Because Rocksteady just murdered a guy. But Bebop (laughs) didn't really do anything this episode. I don't think we do. Keep them together? I think keep them together for now. If Both. there is another death, I think we could maybe argue like, okay. But I think they're one entity. So together. I'm not even Send sure them fucking up Bebop said anything this episode. I know. Because Rocksteady, like Bebop was the leader for a little bit of the two. Rocksteady right. making a push. Just, yeah, he's done with the bullshit. So move. The, I think they at least need to hop the foot soldiers. I'm tempted because what is more villainous than cold-blooded murder with no warning? To move them past the Rat King, but yeah, at least they got to go above the Foot Soldiers. Yeah, my vote is they go to number three. I I think I agree with that. And they successfully kidnapped April twice. They were the ones that seized her. And again, Rocksteady almost—I mean, he would have killed the Turtles if he got the green light. Right. They even asked his like captain for the, <laughs> the order. You know. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, good grunt work that was going on. Yeah, yeah definitely. And now we come to the old one-two. I mean, not much of a debate. Crane goes back to two. Shredder stays at one because, I mean, Shredder was, I think, I'm going to say flawless this episode. Yeah, I honestly, I have no defense of Crane. Not that yeah. he, like, his plan worked. But he sent... Like the yeah. module to the wrong location really screwed the whole plan up. And he just, but it just was, like, oh, that was fucking hilarious. No, it was kind of villainous hilarious. to just be like, 
yeah. fuck you, buddy, and clicking up on him. Yeah, but yeah, sure. Krang over big oversight not to know the what what's gonna happen to William ninety at the Earth's core. And yeah. yep. I mean, a flawless everything Shredder did. Yeah. Graceful. Fucking on point. Graceful. Yeah. And it, like if Donnie knows pretty much offhand that it's unstable right. under so much pressure, you yeah. think Krang would have known that too. Fucking he had no nice. clue. He was fucking clueless about it. But like Shredder, I mean, kidnapped Perfectly executed kidnapping once, then gets her again. And then I think the most villainous thing in this episode, apart from the murder, was when he got to the roof, took the Widium 90, and just didn't hand over the princess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. You think he we need to dipped. keep Orokusaki on there? Or can we just delete Orokusaki? Yeah. Let's take him off. Take Orokusaki off and take the fly off of Baxter because. Well, we I mean, they, call him, they call him the fly, though. Enter the fly. Yeah, but he's back. We don't know he's Baxter. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess we'll see what they what he what he's called like, when he if and when he comes back. Like all it. right. Any? I don't think there was any other. No new villains this episode, obviously. So our new, just to recap real quickly, the new rankings. We've got Shredder back at number one, Krang at number two, Bebop and Rocksteady make the jump from five to three. The Rat King falls to four, Foot Soldiers fall to five, and then six through ten remains unchanged. We got the Vivaldi Crime Syndicate, the Rock Soldiers, Baxter Stockman, Dragon Granitor, and Don Tertelli. And that is the villain power rankings. Now we move into everybody's favorite segment, Pizza Time. Pizza Time. So you heard us add a few Pizza Time items to the wheel, but John to figure out who is going to eat off the pizza wheel or spin it. Let's hit the TikTok poll. Yes, and hit the poll, we will. Uh, last week's question I was spared from, seeing as I lost. And so the question last week, whoa now, what is the best insulting nickname? That was the question. Andrew with the first pick went with Chief. Chris went with Fuckface. Some would say uh, that Andrew also went with Fuckface because uh, I mentioned <laughs> first. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. That wasn't in the poll. So just throwing that out there. I will, before John reveals, I will say I thought about it. I thought about our answers after we recorded. And. I think a critical word in John's question, which I overlooked, was nickname. <laughs> yeah. Chief is more of a nickname than fuckface. Fuckface is just an insult. So, I mean, the poll's out. We'll see what the results are. But I think that was something I considered after. I'm like, wow, I've never heard yeah. anyone with the nickname fuckface. This is kind of what they, <laughs> you call someone when you're mad at them. <laughs> yeah well oh man with uh 163 total votes Ooh, uh, wow winner, all time high or no we, we had get almost 200 before yeah um the winner with 116 or 71 percent was fuckface yeah so listen despite what i just said i will not hand over this victory i will keep it yeah and let Andrew spin the pizza wheel. 
I'm on a good streak here. I haven't eaten pizza in like a month. Yeah, after eating it for a while. So I actually wanted to go back. I'm very excited to be back at the pizza time wheel. So thank you, Chris. I'm back at the wheel. We've got like almost 50. Let me see here. I think it was like 46, 42 entries. So we're up there. We're up there, baby. Um, so many on here. I think it would be fun to do ricotta. Yeah. I just want to go like something savory. I, you know, ricotta, I think maybe, um, pizza puffs would be, would be fun. White pizza, even a couple of white pizzas on there. So that's what I'm thinking. Um, I did call, was it the last time I called my shot? Uh, it was, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you joined the old maids. I joined the old maids. Um, yeah. <laughs> Other thing, uh, we, we had mentioned this earlier. We will formally introduce it um, in a future episode, and I think we're going to do a bonus episode for kind of the background. But um, the power-ups you know, that I mentioned earlier and in the previous episode, um, we're not going to be doing shuffles right now in this episode. So I'm going to now close and hide this option and just go with the spin. So any closing thoughts before I spin the wheel, guess. Good will luck. I, There's a lot of garbage on there. I will say that. Will I call my shot again, though? Is the question. You going the I think if you do, you... there needs to be some perhaps auditing of what's going on with the pizza wheel. <laughs> it's like the commissioner right. getting the first pick in a fantasy draft. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to count it <clears> down. We'll go three, two, one. Ricotta, ricotta. Oh, oh. Antonian hot. Oh, shredded mozzarella. Thank the Lord. Oh, God damn. Oh. I mean, that's just a cheese pizza. That's a good one. Yeah, that's fucking great. Shredded I know exactly mozz, what yeah. I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing, too. So excited shredded for that. Mozzarella from season three, episode eight, shredded mozzarella. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, cool. Now we will go to the TikTok question. Andrew, since you will be eating pizza next week, you will read off the question because John is going to randomly generate a number between one and let's see how many questions we have. Looks like 54, Uh, I think. Yeah. 54. And the random number is four. All right. Uh, the question if you had to pick the quote body and blood quote of yourself what would it be (laughs) what the fuck does that mean I don't even know what that means body of Christ it's like the Eucharist (laughs) but if it was you (laughs) so Jesus was bread and wine per the Bible Uh, John answers first I think right yeah, and just for, I guess, to think about this. So I know the question is, if you had to pick the body and blood of yourself, what would it be? Is that how we want to phrase it for the actual poll, like when I post it? Or like when I 
you know, like, do we pick the body and blood of ourselves? But when I phrase it on the poll, is it which is the better body and blood? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because it's to me, this is a personal like it depends yeah. on who you are. I so think we should do what like is the, the best. Best. Yeah, the best. You could have. What would be the best okay. body and blood? Or the most popular or the best tasting or something. Or should we theme it for like fantasy football? Like, because that's coming up like drafts and shit. What if you did that? What if you did what? Which body and blood would you rather have? Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. You do that. Something along those lines. Okay, maybe I need to play with the phrasing, but we're basically going with what's the best body and blood of some of something. Something. I just yeah. Trying, however, you, however you interpret that. Okay. Yeah, because here's the philosophical question about the pizza poll: Is it the answer that's true in your heart, or is it the answer that's going to get you a win in the poll? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how are we playing it? I think that's the beauty of it. You can choose, like you can choose yeah. to go with just what you think will get the most votes. Is that a sellout move? Maybe. I think it. I think so, Chris. I think so. Yeah, it might be. But listen, if the goal is to not eat pizza, I do what it takes to win. So I am also like, I think. That, so here's another thing. It's going to be hard to fit these responses in like the eight characters that I get to put in the options for the poll. So is this, I think this question was on here when we were still doing the Twitter ones. So do we exit and just go to the next one? So is it, is it too, I think, I feel like it might be too much to put in there. I don't know. What what do you guys think? I'm fine with picking another one. I do have a really good answer for this one though. So if we choose another one, I would still like to say what my answer was. I, f- I feel like we should choose another one. If I'm being honest. Right. Yep, okay. let's do it. Chris, take it away. What, John, what was your generate answer, a new Chris? number. I was going to say Pop Rocks and Soda. Ooh. The magical John, combo. John, you're editing yeah. right now? All right. Yeah, just to it. Now you got to do one to 53. Great answer, Chris. <laughs> the 53, the answer is 29. If you had a pet parrot, what would you teach it to say? If you had, this is a classic, <laughs> like, um, middle school, like, yeah. uh, cause what, what was the first repetitive parrot in like cinema, like in our childhood? It's like Paul, you want a cracker. It's the cl- I don't know what that's from, but yeah, that's yeah, the Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny or Looney Tunes or something like that. I think. Maybe. And then I think dumb and dumber where the, the bird's head falls off. Yeah. So, hmm. pets' heads are um, falling off. So, who's up first? John goes first. So, if I had a pet parrot, what would I teach it to say? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly feel like I have no, no good answer for this. Uh, what a teacher to say. All right, John. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna go with with fuck. <laughs> I, I literally, I'm trying to think of something clever, but I 
I think the only th- I think I would just teach it how to say fuck because it's just fuck is just the greatest word that there is. There's no it's a vowel, it's a noun, it's no, an adjective. Wow. No context, you just screaming fuck in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kinda actually think that's kind of funny. <laughs> in like different tones and different like yeah, circumstances. Like fuck. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a hard, this is a harder question than you would think on face value. Um, I, I honestly don't have anything good. I did think like the swear route, but I did, I kind of did that last week with fuck face. I don't want to be too vulgar. So I think you have to go the other route, which is just something really weird, like a weird word. So, hmm. I don't even have a weird word to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go. Maybe this is a real word. I'm going with Chumbawamba. <laughs> that's that's the name of the band that sings that. What's it? The tub tub thumping? Is that the name of the song? It. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going <laughs> Chumbawamba. You, you guys are awful. Those were both yeah. fucking f answers, in my opinion. I knew yeah, I exactly when I heard it. If I had a pet parrot. It would be one of two things, and the, neither of these would fit well in a Twitter box. But these are the better answers. It would either be shake and bake, <laughs> or Damn. if you ain't first, you're last. And they're yeah. both from fucking Talladega Nights, like yeah, epic movies. But good. both of those quotes are fucking fire. Shake and bake is the best. The best. One, shake I think, and bake, yeah. It's shake and bake. Like if you just hear that, like your pair just fucking tweeting out, like shake and bake, baby. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> John, John Big Bird known bird guy never thought about this when he had a bird yeah well if if i mean if if it didn't have to fit into like one line i'd probably try to teach it a knock knock joke like a full knock knock joke i don't know any good knock knock jokes interrupting orange or whatever interrupting cow that's a good one Actually, it'd be funny if he if he taught it how to like moo, <laughs> like bark like a dog or something. <laughs> yeah, that was, all right. Uh, I got a feeling I'm eating tough. pizza next week. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, that was so, shit. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta make sure I write that that pull down. But yeah, not the uh, right. not as creative as it could be, Chris. I'll say that. No, that was tough. So. Anything else anybody would like to bring up before we wrap up the episode? Absolutely. But I will defer to John because earlier I didn't. So here you go, John. Here's your opportunity. Yeah, I was just going to say I meant to to say this earlier. One of the great feelings in life is when you've got a stuffy nose on one nostril and you sort of flip over or lay in the other way. And your sinus clears, and for that brief period, yeah, you're breathing you get normal. full nostril because nothing, nothing will make you. Everyone takes for granted being able to breathe through both nostrils and have a unblocked passageway. And when one gets stuffed, it's a very minor inconvenience, but an inconvenience nonetheless. So, do you dabble having both in, nose uh, nostrils? neti pot or like the navage um nasal like clearing saline stuff 
Yeah, we do have a neti pot, and I've done it before. I didn't do it this round, mostly because when I remembered that we had it, it was very late at night, and I didn't want to have to boil water, let it cool, do the whole thing. So I've heard some stories about if you don't use boiled water, previously boiled water, you can get some crazy bacteria up in there and can kill you. So, Yeah, eat your brain shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Wild, wild. Cool. Well, anything else, John? No, that, that was it. All right. Well, the thing that I want to share was, um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but it is uh, currently the San Diego Comic-Con, which is apparently um, the largest and like the best annual Comic-Con. And uh, lo and behold, my guys, NECA, which, Chris, do you recall what they stand for? I do not. New collectible something. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, give me your whole thing. I'm going to match North, it to. I'm going to match it to East. exactly what you said. I feel a Northeast Collectors Association. All right, and now here's the clip from previously. What does NECA stand for? Well, John. <laughs> Everyone knows that NECA stands for the New Era Collectors Association. Of course. <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that right? Is? Yeah, that's what I assume it is. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing. I didn't look it up. Is that, do you have an answer, know. John? No, I don't. And then here's the correct answer. I will just add in, I looked up NECA, the National Entertainment Collectibles Association. Oh, we don't, we don't hear anything. Yeah. I think he's going to edit it in, John. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am oh, going to edit in. But regardless, um, <laughs> what's cool is... Uh, NECA is there, and um, some people <laughs> shared some of the photos to um, nice to Reddit. So what you'll notice in this photo here, so check out the YouTube um, at Team NT Shellcast. It is uh, Chris's preferred way to uh, listen to the show, right, Chris? It is my favorite way. Yeah. But don't forget about Spotify, because that is very important that we get some Spotify listeners. So what I like to do when the episode comes out, I listen on Spotify first, and then as I'm prepping for next week's episode, I watch the YouTube. Yeah. Double dipping. And see, I'm uh, usually the opposite because I'm editing the show. And so for the audio, um, I leave till later. So I start with the YouTube and then work my way back to the audio. So Two ships passing in the night. Is that crane? That's not the scale. Is that mega crane? Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Um, so I'm showing this not just to introduce San Diego Comic-Con or reintroduce NECA. These are the new figures that are going to be released over this next calendar year. So first is mega crane. You can see him right here. So he's as tall as two stories of like their, I think it's like a 30-something inch. So he's like two feet tall-ish. Because this guy here, 
is Rex One. If you recall Rex One from season two, I oh, will yeah. say. Yep. Um which has been out. Um but now there's the evil Rex One clone. So that's Ooh. a new toy. So these two right here in the center are new. Um Let's zoom in a little bit. I think that They've was got, season two, episode five, New York's shiniest, I believe. Wow. Well, I don't know if that's the right episode number, but that's the name of the episode. Uh, it's not going to show. Oh, look at that spinning boat. That's sweet. Yeah. So, can I zoom out? Maybe zoom. There you go. Uh, we've got Ultimate Donatello. Wild. So, what does that mean? It's a, they're going to be releasing just an individual Donatello action figure in the cartoon color. So this like darker Mm. skin tone, which they haven't released or re-released like the OG pack from 20, I want to say 18 or 2019. So that's a big move. Plus, I mean, look how cool that bow staff spinning. That is awesome. It's like fucking awesome. Um, so you can see that in the background and then here in the foreground, it, there's a tag that says ultimate Leonardo and in the upper part of this, uh, maybe not this one, maybe it was the last one. Um, I'm all messed up here, but you can see Leo on the top of the turtle van. Very nice. So, um, then ladies and gentlemen, in the next scene, we've got. Samurai Adventure Michelangelo. Oh, yeah. Which I have no idea which episode this is from. Um, and then it's shout from out. from the movie? And, it's from the second movie. Third movie. Uh, yes and no. Um, actually, I'm not sure if these are like the inspired, um, kind of like Playmates oh. just did with the um, Mutant Mayhem where they're like, because you can see here Space Adventure Donnie on the right. I don't recall either of these two from actual episodes, so I'm not sure. What is that on the coffee table? Those VHS tapes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little robot toy or something. That's pretty sweet. This this is a little robot. Shout out to Bugman here in the background. We haven't met him yet, but we will. Um, Barely soon. Bugman. Then, another great scene here. So, in the background, I don't know if we've talked about him. Oh, yeah. That guy's awesome. Napoleon. Colossus Napoleon foreground. We've got Casey Jones in his suit. So this is like Old regalia. Is that a Gatorade piece. on the ground? What is he? What is that? Looks like it. Looks like nice. it. And then um, Usagi, space Usagi on the right. Oh, is that Dippy? Not not I, I Dippy. Dip you dip. Not Dippy, but. So anyway, that's um, that's what I want to show, and um, certainly they're they're releasing more in the other lines. So the the movie line, the uh, Archie comic line, the you know the Mirage comic line, et cetera, et cetera. But I only collect these ones. That's how I roll. That's all I talk about. If you want to talk about yours, start your own podcast. Um, but in the meantime, <laughs> that's what we got. So. Uh, and then I think the only other thing I was going to mention uh, is not noteworthy for this episode. So, little teaser. Yeah. Hmm. So we call a cliffhanger in the biz. So, on that note, we will end 
today's episode. Thank you for joining us yet again as we transition back into our normal recording pattern. Uh, tough week with John being sick, some power outages, yeah, and what appears to be just an internet epidemic for two members of this podcast andrew that only means it's coming for you next so we appreciate you bearing with us as we have connectivity issues yeah and uh the most important thing is you know we're still committed so here we are you know nearing 30 episodes actually speaking of 30 episodes i'll be hosting it next week hell yeah so uh that's quite the accomplishment because uh, for two thirds of this podcast, that's the most episodes we've ever hosted on any podcast. Period. So, and we Chris, are hurtling toward. Like yeah, I, the we started recording. Record. Well, yeah, and we started recording back. I know we pre-taped some episodes, but November, I think, right around there, around Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, we're closing in. We're closing in on a milestone, wow. which would be a year. We're about two-thirds of the way through. Yeah. So, so crazy how fast time has gone, but it's been an enjoyable ride so far and many more episodes to go. Yeah. Buckle up, baby. Buckle. Yeah. I, you, I think you can, if you go back to some of those early episodes too, Chris was maybe advertising that he was going to have a podcast studio and yeah. big the whole shebang. Listen, the step one of having a podcast studio is having power, which we have secured. I have probably 20, 15 episodes ago transitioned rooms I was recording in. So it's a slow, it's a slow build. We'll get there. Chris, I think you should prioritize lighting as well, a uh, investment for your, <laughs> your podcast room. Just throwing that out there, you know? Yes. Well, Earlier episodes, you may have noticed I had better lighting, and that was because we were recording in the daytime, and I had some natural light, but I will be investing. I actually commit to having a new wow. light as long as Amazon can deliver in time for next recording. Wow. A hard, That's a guarantee. Yet soft, <laughs> yet hard commitment. Well, I'll say this. If I don't have a new light, it won't be my fault. So, <laughs> well said. There we well go. Said. I... Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Right. We will see you all next week. See you later. Ciao, Au revoir.